Hey there. Welcome to the Great Stories Podcast once again. Uh, if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad you clicked on the Great Stories Podcast. What you have found is a long format interview program where I sit across the table from somebody and we just hear how they came to know Christ and what it's looked like in their life to follow Him. Uh, these interviews are long format, they're uninterrupted, they're unscripted, uh, they're unplanned and unedited. This is just a real conversation between two people and our goal is to bring you in uh, to someone else's life so that you can experience along with them what it's looked like in the context of their real life to follow a real God that loves them more than they even know. And every one of these stories is a blessing. They're all different, but they all have so many similarities, and I love uh, hearing about them. Uh, you can listen to the program on Stitcher or Apple Podcast, and just open those up and search for The Great Stories Podcast. And you got to use the word the. If you don't put the, it won't come up, apparently. So The Great Stories Podcast. You can follow the show uh, on Facebook, again, at The Great Stories Podcast there. Uh, and of course, uh, if you want to support the show, there's basically three ways to do that. The first way, you can kick down a few bucks. Uh, there's some cost that goes into this. I'm looking at expanding onto other platforms. It just costs a little money to do that. And any support is appreciated. Uh, we have a Patreon account. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And just search for The Great Stories Podcast there. Uh, the second way you can support the show is by sharing the episodes. Uh, I am a huge believer that the, the Christ these people talk about, the testimony they give is the most valuable thing they have to say. And for every person that sits across the table from me, there's a thousand people out there just like them who need to hear about this amazing God that loves them like he does. And I want these stories to get out. So share them out there on your Facebook and all that. Give them a high rating on the Stitcher and Apple and we'll get these things going. Uh, the third way you can support the show is by coming on it. If you want to be on the show, for God's sake, I want you on the show. Email me at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this evening, I got to sit down with a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a year. Her name is Faye Yao, and I haven't seen her in a year because she's been doing this thing called the World Race. And what the World Race is is where people get together and they travel basically around the world in all these different countries, just meeting people and just telling people about Jesus. That's basically it. Uh, we get into her testimony, just being born overseas and immigrating here, and, and some of her backstory, but we spend the meat of the time just digging around and what did this world race look like? Uh, I, I, you know, I know a couple of people who've done similar things to this, but it was really cool to hear her perspective on it and just how spending this time over there has just changed her perspective on who Christ is and what her purpose in his will might be. I'm excited for what's next for Faye, but it was awesome to listen to where she's at today. And uh, I hope this recording is a blessing to you as it was for us to record it. Here we go. proper way to say it is backwards yeah it's backwards and with the tones what are the tones yao fei yao fei is that right 
<laughs> I got it. There you go. What language is that? Mandarin. Mandarin. Okay. Isn't there like twenty different kinds of Mandarin? Like there's no. So it's uh, the um, official main national language is called Mandarin, okay. and then you have several hundred dialects all over the country. So Cantonese Gosh. is a dialect, and so when you say, "Oh, do you speak Chinese?" you could be asking, you know, one of many right. dialects. Seems overwhelming. Slightly, but. Yeah. Do do people of other dialects make fun of each other the way we do? Oh yeah. Like people yeah. from Florida or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So you know we would make fun of the Southern drawl or <laughs> the New Jersey, New Jersey, or I don't yeah. even know how to do it. But um, but they yeah. have that. They definitely have. There's there's characteristics of people from the North and from the South. And oh man. Completely different, you know, because there's also also a lot of minority groups from the West. So. All sorts. There's a whole world of joking I'm missing out on because I, I don't know Mandarin. <laughs> Welcome back to America. Thank you. I cannot believe that it was a year. Me neither. I mean, like it, it's just gone. I mean, I, I followed your stuff. I read your things. I looked mm-hmm. at your pictures. So I kind of knew where you were at. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh my gosh, like I saw you on Friday and I had to poke mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is she really standing there? What the heck? <laughs> oh my gosh, you made it. I did. Safely. You just finished the world race. Yes. Can you quickly I mean I wanna go back, I wanna I wanna talk, you know, about more than just the world race, but just a real quick like what just happened for the whole last year in like a couple sentences. <laughs> What'd you do? In a couple sentences I basically went to fourteen different countries over the span of almost eleven months. Whoa. And during those 11 months, I partnered with some local ministries, sometimes local churches in certain countries. And in other countries, we were, my team and I were just completely on our own, trying to figure things out and meet locals through different means, trying to share the love of Jesus. I thought it was 11 countries. Is 14? It was supposed to be 11 countries in 11 months, but... Just throw a few more in there. Yeah, you just, you know, throw a few more for layovers or just, you know, visa's sake. That's amazing. Well, welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad you made it, like, safely. I am, too. There were some treacherous mountain roads that I'm glad we made it off of safely. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait to hear all about that. Uh, But... For the purpose of grasping what you've been through for the last year, take us back and just give me like a little background on who Faye is. Where were you born? What was growing up like? And when did you decide to follow Christ? And that obviously brought you where you are. I'll interrupt you several times, so don't think like that's one big question. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. That would have to, you know, cover over yeah. two decades of... <laughs> No, I don't. Um, We'll just start, yeah, from the beginning when I was born in China. And um, I was, um, I moved to America when I was five. So I don't really have that many memories of my time in China. So it was the first five years of my life. and, And then when I moved here, 
with my parents to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, it was just the three of us, and I, once I arrived here, and once you take a kid to Disneyland and <laughs> Universal Studios, she's not going to want to leave. There's no going back. No. So I That's immediately great. loved it here. And, um, yeah, my parents, um, just through different um, means, was able to apply for visas to stay. Um, and that's when I started to go to school here and <laughs> make some new friends and actually learn English and be able to communicate. So th- growing up, we did not, we were not a um, family that really went to church. <laughs> and my mom um, started attending a local Chinese church and I would sometimes go with her when I was younger, but once I got old enough and I could decide whether or not I wanted to go with her, right. I chose to not go. And oh. I was not interested, and I didn't feel like it was something that was for me. Okay. So even though my mom con- continued to go, and she eventually became a believer around the time that I was in middle school, I um, just never went throughout middle school or high school and yeah just during that time i think it was very much um as an older child i have i'm one of two and um i'm also technically i'm still considered first generation because i wasn't born here Hmm. but i've lived here long enough where i can pass myself off as abc otherwise known as american born chinese right right and so um yeah abc yeah i never heard that this morning (laughs) um and so I was, um, yeah, just very much the mindset of I want to be a good student. I want to make my parents proud. Mm. I want to be a good sister, a good um, daughter. And so everything that I did, I felt like, was really just trying to earn people's approval, including my parents, mm. and also trying to be good at whatever I was doing it was mostly focused on academics I right. wasn't really ever you know say musically gifted or athletically talented so I just mostly stuck with academics and so yeah going into college um, I definitely was excited but I also was God was the last thing on my mind when I was entering college as a freshman at um, the age of 18 and when I first entered college I wanted to try all the you know all the things and do all the things that college students would do mm. and where'd you go to college I went to UC Berkeley okay in the Bay Area Woo. so I thought yeah you know I don't have any other reason for going up to the Bay Area and so I, that's why I, one of the main reasons I chose Berkeley so I could leave LA for right. the time being where I grew up. When I entered Berkeley, I, yeah, wanted to check out the different um, social clubs on campus and Mm. meet as many people as I could and in a way almost try to reinvent this new Faye who was trying to be more fun and more, you know, just more social and um, shed kind of that old image from high school. Yeah. Um, Where... Yeah, didn't have that many friends and didn't really know or understand what it meant to have like a real, true friendship and um, relationships, uh, deep relationships. (laughs) 
but um, yeah, um, freshman year quickly came to a close, and then sophomore year rolled around, and that's when my roommate at the time actually invited me out to a Christian fellowship on campus. So at the time... Oh, I didn't know Berkeley had those. Really? Oh, yeah, I know. Wow. You wouldn't <laughs> expect that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and so at the time, I thought, well, what do I have to lose? You know, I could just tag along with her. And I know that my mom was always just praying that I would be interested and start checking mm. out a fellowship. And they had free food offered at the <laughs> fellowship. You know, food is always... <laughs> good way to get into my heart uh, and so good to know <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the time I started checking it out with my friend and it was just very sporadic in the beginning I would only go on certain Friday nights and check it out and eat the free food and meet some yeah. people but I was never a priority of mine and I didn't really go on Sundays because everything the whole concept of church and God was still so foreign to me mm. But as I continued to go and trying to balance between part-time job and full course load and social life, I began to notice that there was definitely something different with this group of people Mm. at the fellowship. And it was different from the people that I had interacted with throughout freshman year. Even though I met a lot of people, they were all very superficial relationships. Right. But with the people that I was meeting here at the fellowship, I felt like there was something different about them. And there was a certain kind of joy about them. And the relationships that they had also seemed very um, just genuine. And they were there for one another. And they really just lived life on life together. Hmm. And so that's what got me more interested from the beginning what were the activities they did they just hung out and talk or oh i mean it ranged from you know anything from ultimate frisbee to taking us out to go bowling to um you know hanging out at the um, staff's houses Mm. um they would make us dinner i got hooked on korean food (laughs) while I was there. It was just a a bunch of different activities to help us get to know one another better. But at the same time, it was through those activities and those bondings that really showed me, you know, you could have fun without Mm. alcohol. You can have fun um, just hanging out with one another, chatting over some ice cream or some boba milk tea it was a really yeah good way to get to know people yeah whether it was people my age from my year or some of the um, older um people that were around mm. yeah that boba <laughs> such mm-hmm. a <laughs> is that just a bay area thing no or is it everywhere now it's starting to spread quite a lot okay but it I seems think like every time you turn around, there's a new boba place in there is. Fremont somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, not all of them are created equal. No. I don't mind the milk tea so much. It's the boba. <laughs> it bugs yeah. me. I don't. I usually don't get that either. I just have the milk tea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of one of my students made fun of me 
because last time they took me to T4 over here by American High School, I got the uh, strawberry smoothie with the rainbow jelly mm-hmm. in it, which is by far the most girly looking drink that they have because it's this giant pink thing with this rainbow <laughs> jelly in the bottom of it. I say, hey, I don't care. I'm secure enough. I'm just not doing the boba. <laughs> rainbow jelly. Mm-hmm. What? So you said your your mom was praying that you would eventually come around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where was dad with the, that whole thing? Yeah. So dad actually this whole time was very against Christianity and against uh-huh. anything that had to do with God or submitting to a higher authority. Interesting. So even from the beginning, he was very much against my mom going to church and when she came to be a believer he was very sarcastic and very much um yeah just kind of bash bashing on it and wow. he would say like oh this is only a crutch this is for people who are weak for right. people who you know don't just need something to turn to as a source of comfort but he hmm. never felt like that's something that he would need or something that he would ever fall right pray to um, but after a while, after he realized, okay, this is not just a phase and this is something that, you know, she's actually going to believe she, he kind of <laughs> backed off a little, but, um, it was something that he was never really interested in hearing right. about. Um, so yeah, when I started to attend, um, church, I don't, I don't think I really told him about it. Hmm. It was just not something that really came up. But it's um, more so later on that I continued to discover that, yeah, he is still very much is um, very anti. Um, still today. Until still. today. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't, hasn't softened yet. Nope. Hasn't softened. And it's just something that has really been weighing on my heart. And something that mm. I desire for him more than anything else. Yeah. Because I feel like it is the only thing that can really bring him out of a lot of, I think, just the brokenness and the darkness yeah. Yeah. and the confusion of his own life. And um, I don't know too much about his childhood, um, except for kind of bits and pieces here and there. But I think also, yeah, just a lot of the brokenness mm. that comes from his own childhood and his um, relationship with his father. Wow. There's a lot there. Yeah. Does that... I, I have a similar scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've found that uh, mom is more hesitant to engage because of dad's kind of closed off mm-hmm. to it. Or just she just doesn't like okay that that's great but her really going after it herself would actually cause issues between them mm-hmm. kind of have you found that element at all with with the two years yeah definitely I think that caused some issues in the beginning but because I think my mom really was serious about seeking after God and ultimately surrendering her life to Christ. Mm. Um, and I can definitely say that that is literally something that saved her life mm. um, on many levels. I think that um, it's not only that aspect, but just um, there's a lot of brokenness um, in their um, relationship 
Mm. It's stemming from a lot of different things, but right. um, that would just be like one aspect of it. Yeah. They need to know the healer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, but then so you you come back from college and now you're a Christian, right? Yeah, it was actually my junior year and I just was um, stuck, sticking around long enough to yeah. hear more testimonies and ask more questions and people were always very ready and willing to answer all the questions that I had. Yeah. And I, the more I learned, the more I realized, oh, this is actually very relevant and real to my life mm. because I had been running away for so long from this God who is my heavenly father who's my creator who's ultimately my lord and savior but um i just never was able to understand or see the myself for the sinner that i am until um i was just shown in different ways from different conversations Mm. and one of those conversations that i had was when my friend at the time asked so, Faye, if you were to have all of your thoughts projected on a screen for everyone to see, would oh. you be okay with that? No. And I thought, <laughs> wow, no, because then I would just want to crawl into a hole and die. Yeah. Because all of my thoughts were just so, you know, whether it was angry or prideful or mm. um, just so not, um, yeah does not portray the kind of um, good girl that I wanted to be. And then that's when it made me realize more of, wow, I don't, I'm actually not as good of a person as I thought I was. Right. And um, that really made me realize that, you know what, I actually have a lot of um, darkness Hmm. and yucky stuff inside of me that I don't want people to know, but to actually learn that God knows all of that stuff already. And he, mm. even after he knows that stuff, he still loves me and still accepts me for who I am and wants to um, restore the relationship between me and um, my Heavenly Father, God. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like mind-blowing <laughs> when you first realize it. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, okay, what else is left? If this is real, if this is the truth, if he is the one that truly heals, and I know, why do I not just um, fully, you know, fully follow him and surrender to him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what was was mom's response? She was, (laughs) yeah, joyous and very, very happy to hear that. And I think because of that decision, it really um, kind of took our relationship mm. um, to a different level um, because I was not always like super close um, to my parents. Um, but I think because of that, it gave my mother and I something very something in common and something that was very important. Yeah in our lives in common and dad thought you were nuts yep (laughs) exactly he tried to you know say that i was brainwashed for the first couple years tell me that i was wasting my time you're in a cult yeah Yeah, all the above that's funny i got the same thing (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and for him, you know, it just yeah makes absolutely no sense that I would be spending so much time at church because yeah. I got pretty involved in just yeah. If this is something that is important and real to me, why would I not want to tell other people about it and also be around the people who share the same values yeah. as me? But to him, he felt like that was time that could have been used better elsewhere to further my career, to further yeah. whatever else. What about the your sister? Where's she at with it? She is, so right now she is actually in um, college right now too. And um, mm. she is kind of just, yeah, I think, I think only God really knows where she is right, right now. Um, and I've learned as the older sister to just pray for her yeah. and for her to come to her come to christ on her own terms because yeah. that's yeah. how it happens anyway you know yeah that's how it <laughs> happened to me right. and you know it took me a number of years to get it through my thick skull that <laughs> it was well worth my time and investment and ultimately yeah. my life to come to know jesus my lord and savior and to surrender my life to him hmm. making the most important decision of my life and so that doesn't just happen overnight. Um, so for her, she has had more exposure than I did back when I was her age. I'm going through youth group and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that, yeah, she needs to find on her own. And you said you were a junior? Yes. So you're like 20? I was, a, yeah, still 20. 20. Yeah, about to turn 21. And you're 28. Right now. Okay. So it's funny because it's Got actually it. been almost exactly eight years to the day that I had my first yeah. quote-unquote birthday. Do you know what the day and the hour was? January 17th, 2011. Yeah. Hey. Good for <laughs> you. I'm, I rarely meet people that actually know the date. That's funny. Yeah. It's pretty easy to remember for me. We would always have our winter retreats around yeah. Martin Luther King weekend. That's fine. So that's where I made my decision to accept Christ. Right on. Well, happy almost eighth birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Makes me feel young. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm hanging on to that one too. I'm only 14. <laughs> so I think was, I was March 3rd, 2001. Mm. Yeah. I used to keep track of exactly like how long it's been i would write it down every morning it's like 14 years was it uh eight months three days something like that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why it's just a weird thing um so after berkeley then what what happened to you so yeah after i graduated i decided to stick around because this is where I consider to be my community and really just my spiritual home. So I felt like if I were to move anywhere else, including moving back down to LA, that I Mm. most likely would not be able to continue to grow as much in my faith. And um, I decided to, yeah, I mean, as early as before senior year to secure a job in San Francisco so that I could continue to remain in the Bay Area and continue to grow and learn and deepen my faith. Right on. I have more questions about that, but what, Mm -hmm. what was your major? 
as an economics major. Okay. And what were you doing in the city? I was, well, when I first graduated, I went into public accounting and did mm. audit. Oh, man. <laughs> You're that person. I, I was. The auditor. <laughs> that everyone was trying to run away from. <laughs> Don't talk to her. Uh, well, hey, you actually got a job doing what you went to school for? Kind of. A little bit? I mean, involved like money and numbers and math and kind stuff, of, right? Yeah. Wow. Really, at the end of the day, people really don't need to be very concerned about what they major in because you rarely do stuff related to what you learn in class. I know. You just learn everything on the job. That's I what know. I tell people. It, it breaks my heart that I, you know, you see like people just dropping tons of cash mm-hmm. on these really expensive degrees <laughs> and fancy majors and extra classes and i'm like nobody cares about that on the like in the job world as long as you have that like piece of paper yeah they want to know so what have you done where have you worked what do you know nothing okay never mind and they all want you to have experience doing something that nobody will hire you Mm -hmm. to do on the Mm -hmm. first time (laughs) yeah it's very frustrating yeah anyhow you actually got a job out of college you're doing that so you live in the bay area what church were you a part of at that point uh, so at the time, I was with um, the church that I be- that I was became a believer at. So they, okay. um, yeah, continue to ha- they have ministry, you know, for people after graduation. So I was able to s- hmm. uh, be involved and serve in um, youth ministry as well as um, elderly care ministry oh, for cool. a little bit. Yeah, is that an on campus thing, or is it just like a in Berkeley thing? No, so the the a big part of it is campus ministry. Right. So that was, yeah, a huge part of um, why I was reached and saved at the time. Right. Um, but then there's another part of it where there's some um, separate ministries that you could get involved in. So that's what I did. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So at what point did you become a resonate person? So resonate happened back in. May of 2016. And okay. yeah, at the that time, recent? I thought you've been around longer than that. <laughs> Does it feel longer than that? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Yeah, no, it was fairly recent. Um, yeah, at the time, I just felt like it was time for me to find a church where I could continue to um, grow in and grow in my walk with the Lord. And I had heard a lot of good things about resonate Woo. and i had a couple of friends that were attending here at the time so i did it so I decided to give it uh to check it out and yeah i came on um sunday in early may and i really enjoyed just the kind of welcoming atmosphere that i stepped into and yeah. resonate had a lot of the characteristics and that I was looking for right. in a church to continue to grow in. So after a couple of Sundays, and I really don't like to spend too long looking around and yeah. feeling like I'm just a floating, you know, chaff in <laughs> there. And so I just decided after a couple of weeks that I was going to settle on staying in Resonate. Right on. It was the donuts, right? <laughs> really? And that's, yeah. That, sure. It has something to do with it, you know. Yeah. I felt the same way. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what year I came. It's been like five or six. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But it was similar. It was like two weeks into it. I was like, okay. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Yeah. But I, I had the thought, 
because I was really involved at my last church. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there and I had the thought like, wow, I could just kind of like hide here. Mm -hmm. I could not do anything and Mm -hmm. just sit here and consume. Like maybe I'll just be a consumer. Should I do that? And then a week later, it's like, no, sorry, <laughs> I can't do it. I got to drive something, or just, I'll come to set up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, well, I thought you were around longer than that. Gosh, I, so I, I've only known you then for two years, and you've been gone for one of them. Yeah. What? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Did you know her before? My friend here. Oh, yeah. In- introduce your friend. I'm sorry. I'm talking to the nobody over here. <laughs> introduce your friend to the audience, please. Yeah. Patricia's here. Yes. Just, you know, hanging out via my bodyguard. Eavesdropping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't meet her until Resonate either. And she came not that long after I did. And um, we, yeah. yeah, we actually grew up really close to each other in okay. LA, but we didn't huh. know that. We were actually at rival high schools at oh. the time. Fight. yeah but um yeah we met each other at resonate and the rest is history right on and so at some point in that year well you served in my ministry for like several months then basically one school year right yes that was super cool and then you graduated with your girls into the middle school i did for the summer i did but then the news came out Faye, yeah. Faye had had this crazy idea. <laughs> how did this? How did the world race come into your mind? Uh, walk me through that kind of. How did the thing come about? Mm-hmm. So I had been just getting plugged into Resonate and looking for different ways to serve and get plugged in because I truly believe that when I'm part of a community, mm. I don't want to just. Yeah, kind of like you said, settle down into that consumer mindset of take, 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 and really wanted to invest and uh, while other people disciple me, you know, have a chance to pour into other people as well. So I've always enjoyed working with youth. So like you said, I started um, with the sixth graders and then moved with them into seventh grade with my girls. And it was really awesome to just be with them. And that was, was hard really to let you go, by the way. I just want to <laughs> say that. I was like, really? Should I let her? Like, it's let for the her, greater good. Let her? Like, yeah, like I'm in charge of anything. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so I was really excited, actually, to just um, continue to grow with my girls. And also, you know, I made that commitment to stick with them. But, um, yeah, God works in funny ways. And actually, back in um, fall of 2016 I remember there was a weekend where I just felt that God put missions on my heart Mm. and I was kind of surprised by it at the time because it's something that I hadn't been thinking about for a really long time yeah I actually went on my first missions trip abroad back in 2012 straight out of college Mm. and that was the one and only time that I'd gone abroad. And so, you know, a period of um, over four years had passed. But when God put this thought on my heart, I thought, okay, well, where do I start? Um, <laughs> so I just kind of started doing a little research. And I also wanted to um, just start to surround myself with like-minded mm. believers who also felt that it was important to go and share the good news of Jesus to yeah. many different parts of the world that 
do not have the access to the gospel. Right. And so I actually took a class called Perspectives back in the spring of 2017. Okay. And that class is amazing. I would highly recommend anyone who has never taken it to go and take this 15-week course. So is it is it through a college or is it a no, nonprofit or it's a, it? yeah pretty much through a nonprofit it's all volunteer led okay. but it's offered all over the world and it's actually um, this spring the probably closest location is located in both Los Gatos and Oakland so they offer it you know annually and sometimes um, yeah like in multiple locations in one you know region like the Bay Area but essentially it really takes you through a brief yet powerful overview of the kind of work that God is doing in the world and in in from a pers- historical strategic mm. cultural um, perspective of just what does it look like for God to um, yeah essentially sh- move the world and and show them his love huh. and also how do we fit into that bigger picture mm. So kind of both motivational and equipping at the same time. Yeah. So you'd have a different guest speaker every week and they would be either current or past missionaries or pastors. And they would just be telling amazing stories of how they've been really used by God for kingdom work. Wow. And a lot of the focus of the class was also on an area of the world called the 1040 window which okay. is essentially the area of the world that is least reached by the gospel. And right. so um, that area of the world spans across most of Asia and through the Middle East yeah. into little parts of um, s- Southern Europe as well as Northern Africa. Mm. And so over um, 40%, around 41% of the world's population is um, still not reached by the gospel and the majority of those unreached peoples reside in that 1040 window right so after i finished taking the class back in uh, summer of 2017 i just felt like i was given a load of information and resources and things that i could not ignore and had to do something with but i just felt like what do i do with all this that I've just received. Right. Um, I can't just sit around. And so I was praying about it, and I had, um, I wanted to look into different short-term mission trips at first to kind of just get exposed and Hmm. start to figure out, you know, is this something that I could see myself doing for the long run? But a lot of the short-term opportunities just didn't work out for various reasons, whether it was scheduling, timing, things like that with my busy work schedule. And so I had this crazy thought this one day in, you know, July that maybe, you know, I could go for longer than just a three week trip. And so I'd I'd heard about a program that a couple of my friends had done before um, where they would go. Pretty much it was like a back-to-back-to-back short-term mission trips um, over the course of 11 months. um, On average, you know, spending about one month in each country to be exposed to different countries, different cultures, different ministries and people groups. And so um, I looked into that 
did a little more research and I just thought, man, this is crazy. I don't know if I could do this Um, because for my friends that know me, um, I'm very much, I like stability. I like to know, you know, my schedule and what's coming up next. And I've never been unemployed um, and I I don't want to do something that's like super crazy and what in my head I would think is irresponsible. (laughs) Um, But the, just the more that I sat on it the more I felt like yeah you know this is something that I probably would regret if I don't do it but I probably won't regret if I do do it yeah and there's just a lot of different um different you know doubts in my mind and thinking okay like what if I'm needed at home like what Mm. if something happens here and um what if my family needs me or you know I made that commitment to the group of girls that I'm leading in middle school that's not fair to them um and this is just not the right time and it's almost a year of my life you know i'm not getting any younger Mm. this is gonna be what if people forget about me well during the time that i'm gone so all these crazy thoughts running through my head but at the end of the day i just felt like god wanted to let me know you know there is no perfect time really to yeah. do something crazy for me yeah um, well and the reasons not to do it are just going to get longer right yeah. as time goes there's on. never going to be per- perfect time to do it yeah you're always going to have to find some sort of excuse and yeah it's there's always life is going to continue to happen yeah yeah so i was just like you know what i think i am just going to go through with it and it wasn't like overnight i just i i I said yes this is something that i'm 100 percent in i actually just took little steps one step after another Mm. first telling my boss at the time and then telling my parents and then you know having conversations with one of my pastors and some of my friends and praying about it yeah and everything felt like it just fell into place and I quit my job and started uh, fundraising for my trip and that went really smoothly and I felt like that was also a blessing from the Lord in a sense that I was able to so successfully fundraise in such a short period of time before I headed out in January of 2018. Yeah. Now, what was the organization called that you did this through? Yeah, they're based out of um, Georgia and um, the program is the World Race. World race. Mm-hmm. That's just what it's called. I thought that's what it was, but that's also yeah. what it's called. Okay. World race. Yes. Cool. And how, like, what, what does something like this cost? Like, what was the, the fundraising goal to get going on it? Yeah. So with everything included, the travel and the food and lodging and insurance and various, mm-hmm. um, you know, overhead costs, the route that I went on was around 18,500 or so. That's not as much as I thought it would be. (laughs) It costs more than that just to live here. Yeah, that's the funny thing. I think it's all relative. (laughs) For some people I talk to, they go, wow, that's so much. And then for other people I talk to, they're like, that costs less than what I pay in rent for the year. Yeah, my year is more than that. (laughs) My yeah. rent per year is more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So they, I think it's just, we live in the Bay Area and yeah. everything is expensive. So when you go to 
third world countries and go overseas, I mean, the cost of living drops dramatically. You're balling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And then, so you're... That's right, yeah, because you finished the summer. So when did you officially leave? So I left January 17th in 2018. January, and you're back now. When did you get back here? Got back to the States around December, mid-December. Okay. Yeah, so 11 11 months and a couple couple weeks. Probably exactly, yeah. Wow. So what were you thinking going into it now so you've, you've gone through this process you're, okay i'm gonna do it and then it starts to get real mm-hmm. <laughs> right? like, oh gosh this is actually gonna happen yep. you're packing bags yep you, you had to go to uh like a training for yep. it or like a so but what tell me about that a little bit yeah so we just had a 10-day training before we actually headed out a couple months before we actually left the country so it was a time of um, training to prepare our hearts to right. really um, be equipped in some aspects of uh, how to culturally be aware of the places that we go to mm. um, because a lot of the countries that we were going to were uh, heavily Muslim or right. um, just yeah like not exposed to Christianity and so we want to 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 do it in a way that was culturally sensitive to people there yeah. or also presented in a way where we're used to it in the western hemisphere of um and it was something that's called um you know guilt and um innocence kind of gospel hmm. whereas in a lot of in eastern culture in asia that's not going to really resonate as well as if um, opposed to if you would share it in more of a shame and honor type of gospel sharing. Hmm. So those go, are just some of the trainings. Go through that a little bit slower. Sure. Can you describe what would be the, the guilt and the, the shame, the contrast? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, so essentially a lot of times that when we are exposed to the gospel, we hear it in terms of I am... Uh, sinner and so i am guilty of the sins that i have and the transgressions that i have committed but because of uh, god's one and only son jesus christ who was sent um, to this earth and ultimately nailed on the cross and died for our sins he has been essentially you know he is the um, sacrificial lamb who um, has bought our innocence and right. so this is this guilt and innocence, you know, guilty until proven innocent, yep. all this kind of, uh, these kinds of things in the Western civilization. Yeah. But in Eastern, um, the Eastern hemisphere, and especially, you know, for example, let's just say for Chinese people, hmm. it's a lot more about bringing honor to the family or bring shame upon the family. Right. And so they don't, care so much as to whether you're guilty or innocent because if no one sees it and no one knows about it then you're not guilty preserve the honor Mm -hmm. so it's all about saving face so if you can save face it doesn't matter how messed up what happens behind closed doors Hmm. and so when you share with someone about how jesus is actually the one who brings honor to you and to your family and because of the shame that you feel inside because of things that you've done that you you don't want other people to know about and that you can't redeem purely based on your own merits then 
the only way that you can find this honor is to really allow Jesus to be the one that restores that honor in your life or in your family family's life. Wow. Yeah. I like that. That was very well said. Very <laughs> Thank well you. said. I'll have to I'll have to cut that little piece out and use it somewhere else. <laughs> um so that's just the training. Yeah. And and of course things. there's the really, really um physically taxing part that I just want to block out of my brain of <laughs> boot camp staying in a tent in below in near freezing weather because we were not prepared for it to be that cold in Georgia at that time of the year oh. in October and so I was freezing the whole time and it oh, rained a couple of nights and needless to say I didn't get much sleep <laughs> okay <laughs> it was a little kind of like a boot camp in a, in a way. mission trip boot camp <laughs> that's funny and then, and did you go, you didn't go straight from that on to the world race. No. You came back for like a, yes, two, a couple three weeks. Yes, a couple oh, months. Oh, yeah. okay. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Because you said October. Okay. January. Mm-hmm. So go through that. As you prepped to leave, mm-hmm. how, how did that, how did that roll? You already left the job. Mm-hmm. You left the ministry. Ew. Not quite. <laughs> well, the ministry, I was oh. still um, I'm joking in. with you. I'm joking with you. It's Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm not. I'm not hurt at all that you abandoned us. Uh, <laughs> hey, I still saw you on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so then you're you're prepping to go. So mm-hmm. take us through departure. Um, um, this is the part that I don't know much about from yeah. here. Go ahead. So that consisted of um, one spending a lot of time fundraising and just making sure that I was able to. Uh, financially be set to go so Mm. i'm very very thankful and blessed to be surrounded by community who understands what it means to go overseas and share the love of jesus to other people where it's not as accessible for them right and um, they were very generous with supporting me in addition i was just meeting up with different friends and co-workers and telling them, you know, what I was going to do, and um, some, and you know, through this too, I was also blessed with the opportunity to, in some um, instances, share my testimony, share stories yeah. of, yeah, just why I would want to go and do something like this, and in a way, kind of put a pause on my life here in the states for almost a year, yeah, and to go overseas. So it was just a good time of, um, yeah, resting and, but also actively engaging people in this journey that I was about to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went, you actually did it. I did. I launched in January of 2018. So go through... I'm trying to think of how to do this because you can't just retell the whole year. Like we'd yeah, be here forever. I don't forever. think we want to bore our listeners. We don't want to do that. I think the thing to do would be give me like the the flyby version of mm-hmm. it, and then we'll just like drop down into a few like the really interesting highlights for mm-hmm. you. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So you left. You said 14 countries. Mm-hmm. Do you remember <laughs> the countries that you were in for the last <laughs> year? Yeah. Like, can, um, you, can you list them? I can just kind of give like a summary um, of uh, different, yeah, just main regions that I went through. So we started off um, in Australia and then we went to Southeast Asia 
into the Middle East, Europe, and then ended up in North Africa. So we went to countries. Yeah, essentially yeah. we kind of just circled around the globe. But we went to different countries, including Indonesia, Sri yeah. Lanka, India, um, Kyrgyzstan, um, Kazakhstan, Spain, and Morocco. Wow. Amongst uh, other countries, yeah. And you're you're flying most of the time, but I'm no, sure there's boats actually, and trains. We, and... For the majority of the time, it was uh, land travel. No way. So we f- took the plane pretty much only the first four months. And then after that, we didn't see a plane again until month nine, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. So all that in between when we we're going from India into Nepal all the way until we uh, flew to Spain wow. in October we only saw trains and buses and f- freighter ships. Wow. What did you do? That sounds so <laughs> like, just that part sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> it was very so, taxing it, on the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure these aren't like really nice great no. charter buses or anything, <laughs> right? These are, uh-uh. oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, those are definitely some of the travel days were some of the more challenging days. Yeah. For sure. What do you do? You know, you just equip yourself with um, some books to read or audiobooks or music hmm. um, or just having some good old FaceTime uh, one-on-one conversations with yeah. different teammates. I also, during that time, was able to uh, pick up you know, a couple of different hobbies. I wanted to try my hand at yeah. hand lettering. Oh. And, um, I mean, other people on my team would sometimes knit or, you know, girls would, like, braid each other's hair. Just, like, all sorts of random things to kind of pass the time if we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. But right. definitely during the times when we were surrounded by you know, people who weren't on our team and if we could communicate with them, um, whether it's through Google Translate or if they had really broken English, then we would also seize the opportunity to share with them who Jesus was and is. That's cool. I want to get to that, but you've said you had a team a few times. Mm -hmm. So were these the same people? I have trains in Newark. I'm sorry. Everyone who listens to this knows by now that there's trains in Newark. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you're probably used to it, though. So yeah. You're the queen of the train. Um, describe the team. What did that look like? Yeah, so we had a team of um, close to 30 that we traveled together with. Usually, the team as a whole would travel from country to country, but once we got to a country, then we would split up by sub-teams. Hmm smaller groups into different cities and so that would be your reference group for that were those kind of the same every time or did you we switched up yeah a few times throughout the year Mm -hmm. so it was yeah just a group of um a group of people who also wanted to make the love of jesus christ be known throughout the world and people from all sorts of different backgrounds different states um different experiences and upbringings coming together Hmm. yeah and i'm assuming there is at least somebody on each of these teams who's done this before or they're with world race or like who's in charge right 
Well, in the beginning, we had some alumni that came with us for the first four months, but to kind of yeah, show us the ropes and to make sure that we you know, didn't kill ourselves. But yeah. um, after the yeah, after the first few months, then um, we were basically on our own. So wow. we were just kind of figuring it out on our own. If you know we ran into any problems, just kind of yeah, pray and and just trust that you know things are going to. Um, like we would find housing for the night or we would be able to find, you know, food. But, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. There's always food. <laughs> but so this is way less organized than I thought. <laughs> so who's, there's not like these hubs or stations that you check into uh, housing that is already set up you're just kind of there's a few months that there's housing set up for us through the hosts that we have so yeah okay. certain months we had hosts um and certain months we didn't just depending on mm. the location and whether there were already a um, point of contact there okay but um yeah we weren't just left on our own for the entirety of the year you know we did have right. um, coaches and a mentor that would come out and mm. see us every couple months and we would have a debrief so okay. during our debriefs we would get uh just yeah prayed over and encouraged and you know some goodies chocolates um to refuel our (laughs) refuel us for the you know the next couple months bus rides (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really a time of coming together to share some stories of yeah you know wins and also pray for the people that we've encountered so far on the trip wow so, the other question is the languages. Mm-hmm. So, Australia arguably speaks English, right? Yes. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Their own way. Yeah. Um, but pretty much everywhere else, with the exception of maybe Spain, probably there's a lot of English in Spain, right? But Yeah. yeah how, do you, how do you do it? Yeah, a lot of places that we went to, we would um, try to have... Google Translate, download in handy, but um, you know, in some places we would be able to get a translator if we already had a host. But if we didn't, then we would pretty much rely on just you know, with hand gestures actually go a long way. Yeah. Just playing charades, um, you can actually get a lot conveyed through just your smile and. Huh hand gestures and a lot of things actually are pretty universal but a lot of countries in the world actually they know a little bit of english especially the younger folks they know enough to kind of get by with simple sentences yeah and so that was pretty cool but it really did show us too that um yeah americans need to make more of an effort more of an mm. effort to learn at least a second language. There were only two right. of us, right. um, myself being one of them, that could speak a second language on the team. What was, what's your second language? <laughs> My second language is Mandarin. Yes, one of the many dialects. <laughs> um, interesting. So, yeah, I <laughs> I took Spanish mm-hmm. in high school for three years. Me too. Yeah, and I, I got to the point where I could almost have a conversation and I, mm-hmm. I did that because I was working in the medical field and I wanted to be able to do, you know, the patient interaction. But I found that once people found out you knew a little bit of Spanish, the, the charades would stop 
and all the like the effort to communicate would go away and they would just start like <laughs> like okay 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 stop <laughs> like never mind never mind. I don't know anything. Let's go back. It was working better when I was just pointing at your heart and like, does that hurt? Yeah. So yeah, I want to learn another language, Faye. But yeah, it's actually pretty fun. It is fun. We would learn just simple phrases, but by the time we had to, we just got hello and thank you down. It was about time to leave. Yeah, yeah. A month is not long enough to learn. It's not. Like a full language. Mm-mm. Yeah. Gosh. Are you, do you naturally pick up other languages or is that a harder thing? For me, it's, it's kind of actually hard. Yeah. So I actually never really thought about it, but I think this past year really showed me that it is probably easier as a bilingual speaker Mm. to um, pick up more languages. So I did find that it was a little bit easier for me to pick up new words than some of my other teammates and I just had fun picking it up. You know, it actually goes a little bit goes a long way when locals see that you're at least trying. Yeah. And you, you know, even if you completely butcher it, they'll just kind of smile and, <laughs> Give you, you know, go and probably be able to guess what you're trying to say. Right. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's trying. That's great. <laughs> what uh, was your experience with the food? Oh, yeah. This is what was I was wondering. You didn't you didn't say much about it ever. I personally love to eat and I love to try all different kinds of food. So for me, that was actually really fun because, you know, everything was authentic and local and a lot of times super, super cheap. So, for example, in Indonesia, it was really easy to get a meal for like under two bucks. Patricia knows. It's her homeland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I really enjoyed eating local foods, whereas some of my teammates, because they were not so used to anything besides (laughs) Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. There's no Chick-fil-A in Indonesia. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Um, They, yeah, maybe sometimes had a little bit of a harder time buying stuff or eating stuff that was different or, you know... Yeah, local. Yeah. But I can at least say for myself that I really enjoyed eating the local cuisine. And most of the time it's not, you know, it's a very typical kind of veggies and a little bit of meat and your carbs. Was there anything just really bizarre that you said, no, Faye's not eating that? I think the first thing that comes to mind that I, well, in Kazakhstan, I knew that eating horse was very common, but I actually didn't get a chance to try horse. A lot of my other you would though. friends did. You try I horse. What if sure. they cooked it for me? And a lot of these countries actually, it they're super hospitable, way more hospitable than we are. And so they will literally <laughs> give you the shirt off their back if you're a guest and they want to honor you. So wow. with food too, they will feed you as much as they can and also expect you to eat whatever's in front of them. Otherwise it'd be highly offensive. Oh man. And so if they put it in front of me, yeah, of course I would eat it. But horse was not something that was, you know, served, um, more commonly where we were staying than, you know, say chicken or pork. But I did try horse milk, fermented horse milk. Oh, and that was not, Why was it? Was it fermented on purpose or by accident? (laughs) (laughs) That's a big distinction. (laughs) I, you 
know, I, I didn't ask. Oh. <laughs> I just remember smelling it and tasting it. And they kept on telling me, drink more, drink more. And I just said, nope, I'm sorry. No, thank I'm you. done. A horse milk. I, I just never thought of horses <laughs> even having milk. Is that a thing? They are mammals. <laughs> I guess they are, right? Wow. That's interesting. Why, okay, why is it that, like, some animals were fine with eating, and then other animals were like, oh, no, that's... That's just what we're brought up with. Like, hey, there's a... Like, if you just look at a pig... Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to eat that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. Mm-hmm. I got some in my fridge right there. <laughs> but yeah. you show me, like, a cat. I'm like, nope. because <laughs> yeah, those are our pets. Yeah, those are our pets. Dogs and stuff, yeah. <laughs> Horse milk. Okay. Yeah, it never that never crossed my mind. I gotta sit with that for a little while. I, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, um, but I was super thankful. I did not get sick throughout the year, except for maybe one twenty-four hour bug in Nepal. Really, and that was it. Um, a lot of my other friends got really sick in India or right. other places. Whether it's from the food or water, who knows? Yeah, but Probably I was really both. thankful. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're a little fortress. Good for <laughs> you. Right on. So get to some of the wins. Mm. I'm curious. Can be the just some of those moments that just stand out in your mind that just highlight that's what I was there to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's definitely lots and lots of stories from every single month. But I think that there were a couple of themes or just things that God was teaching me. Um, one of them being to just pray, pray without ceasing. And that's something that I've always had a harder time is maintaining a mm. good prayer life and having this mentality of, oh, I guess I can just pray now. I can only pray now. But realizing that that's actually the wrong mentality of using right. prayer as a last resort because it should always be the first thing that we go to. Mm. God is someone who just wants to have that regular dialogue with us and, you know, ask, seek and knock and we'll, you'll answer. Mm. So in Sri Lanka, we were there and we didn't know the language in the middle of Sri Lanka and it was a town where it was heavily Buddhist. It's a giant golden Buddha statue in the middle of town huh. that everyone would go and worship. And so we arrived and we were just talking amongst us and going, what are we doing here? Who are we going to talk to? And we just huh. decided, let's just pray. So we prayed at, while we were at our hostel. And within, literally within the hour of praying, this guy walks in and he said hey um my friend the hostel owner called me and he said uh, there's some guests praying here and maybe you know you might want to meet them this looks like they're doing something that might be related to you i don't know <laughs> and so he showed up and turns out that he's a pastor wow. and so this pastor um in this little town in the middle of sri lanka Uh, He basically pastors a congregation of around 20 people in pretty much um, 
kind of like an underground church in the area because it was something that is, yeah, it's not very welcome in the area. Yeah. And so he um, invited us out to Sunday service and we got to meet his congregation and also worship with them and Mm. share a little bit of our stories in front of his congregation. And it was just very humbling to see this group of believers meeting together in uh, concrete um, little, you know, concrete room with tin roof. And it was very, very hot in the middle of the summer. And Mm. yeah, they were just there, you know, praising God and being able to worship together as a body of believers. And when we asked the pastor, you know, what are some ways that we can help you? Mm. And he actually said one of the things that they needed were Bibles, but there was obviously no resource in that little town to, yeah. to obtain Bibles. But he did know of a um, Christian bookstore in the capital in Colombo. Hmm. And so we said, you know what, why don't you come with us when we go there to, so that we um, can fly out to our next destination, come with us. And then you can, we can buy some Bibles for you and your congregation. And so that's what we did. We pulled together some of our money and we were able to buy 25 Bibles for them in their native language. For a church of 20. For his church. Yeah. That's awesome. It was was just different people along the way that he said, whenever there was a new believer or someone that was baptized, he didn't have the resources or the capability to give them a Bible. And so in this way, I felt really thankful that we could provide them with the living, breathing word of God because otherwise they would have to solely rely on only coming on Sundays to hear the pastor preach and hear God's word from him and only him. But if now they have the Bible in their possession, then they can look at it and read it and meditate on it any day, any hour of the week. Wow. Yeah. And that just happened, like, mm-hmm. quote, randomly, right? <laughs> yeah. How well, neat. By coincidence from God. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, you brought, you literally brought the word to that church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that we really take for granted because many of us probably have <laughs> at least two or three sitting on the bookshelf just collecting dust. But for these people, that is something that is really yeah. precious to them and does not come by very easily sometimes. Or yeah. in some countries, it's completely banned. Right. Yeah, just owning one is illegal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to hide it and everything. Mm-hmm. That's, we're so spoiled here, mm-hmm. right? We, uh, I don't know if I want to read my Bible. And these people are like reading it in the basement mm-hmm. like by a flashlight. Like, what does it say? Mm-hmm. They're afraid the cops are going to come in and take it. Uh I know. I'm gonna read that thing more. <laughs> Even I don't. I don't read it as much as I should. <laughs> it's not. And I got. I think I own like eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can start yeah. your own little house church and supply all the Bibles. I yeah. Know. Wow. Yeah, and I think something else that um, God was just teaching me was that you know throughout the first few months I felt like what am I doing here? A lot of times Hmm. I would engage in conversations and 
people would not agree with me and it would be you know a polite um it would be a friendly debate but right you know leaving the conversation i would feel like they were still um completely on a different page or with the mentality of oh that's good for you but it's not for me and so for me i felt like what if any of an impact am i making out here yeah. but as the months went on i felt like god was trying to show me you know this isn't about what you can do and this isn't about all the people that you can claim that you saved because mm. you can't save you're not the savior i'm the savior mm. and so he wanted to show me that you just have to take little steps of obedience little steps of faith and you can't see it right now but this is all culminating into something bigger that only he knows and only he can see the bigger picture yeah and so for me my job is to just be faithful with the people that he puts in front of me and to not be too chicken to <laughs> step out of my comfort zone to say something um, but right. to really take advantage of those opportunities while I can because I could be the first per- person sharing the gospel or planting the seed or I can be the 10th person that he's put mm. in front of this person that he loves um, but regardless if I'm not the one that's reaping the fruits someone else later on down the line will yeah. and um, that's something that I can't take for granted or you know not not see like my role in because yeah that's that's very very much needed when it comes time to um, speak some truth into someone's life or share my story hear their story and just kind of like peeling back the layers like showing another layer of who god is and at the end of the day my job is to uh, just tell the story and really um, God is the one who's going to do the work in the heart of that person and changes or her heart. So um, there are definitely several instances where I felt like it's not by coincidence that I'm talking to you right now or that we happen to cross paths. Um, You know, one of those days was in Azerbaijan, which I didn't even know where this country was before I went yeah. this past year. That's, that's a country? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually is. It's in the Caucasus region. And okay. um, if you're kind of familiar where Armenia and Georgia is, but oh, it's... I should have brought a map to... <laughs> out here to figure out where we're at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up a map right now. You can point it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's next to the Caspian Sea. But it, um, yeah, it is a heavily Muslim country. And I just decided I wanted to sit um, on the bench in the park one day and just read and kind of um, spend some alone time this one morning. But God had uh, other plans for me. And so even Mm. while I was on that bench, within the first 30 minutes or so, um, this old gentleman came by and sat next to me and and I you know I just kind of said hi to him and he kind of looked like he wanted to chat a little bit so his English wasn't that good Mm. but it was enough to kind of make some small talk right and so 
talked to him for, for a little bit and then he got up and continued on his walk and then not long after that another lady sat down next to me and just kind of started um, chatting with her and turns out she was a local university professor and that she's also Muslim mm. and so we just started talking about her belief and also it happened to be a holiday it was Eid that day and so Eid, mm-hmm. Eid. What is, what's Eid? Eid is um it's this Muslim holiday where um it they actually um talk about just the sa- sacrificing um, Abraham sacrificing his son oh, okay. Isaac and um they they still yeah they celebrate it they, that day it's I believe sometime in August maybe like mid to late August mm. and so we talked about that and um I shared a little bit, bit about what I believe in um and yeah it was just a very cordial conversation and then she left and then I thought okay surely I can you know go back to just reading now and then but no another (laughs) young man (laughs) yeah was on his run and decided to stop where i was sitting (laughs) there are plenty of benches in the park but chose to stop by my bench and asked if he could sit down it's like sure why not and so he sat down and he was definitely like he just wanted to chat you know he was kind of a a little i felt like a little bit of a of a flirt too (laughs) but he started to chat with me and so one thing led to another and i also asked him you know what is what do you believe in and what is your faith and he started sharing with me about what he believed in and about you know the five pillars of islam and about how he is very much active in praying and fasting and charity and all these things and he talked about you know yeah going to paradise and so I said, do you think you're going to go to paradise? Hmm. And he goes, uh, well, inshallah, God willing. And so right. I said, you know, do you pray five times a day? Because from my understanding, you have to pray yeah. five times a day facing Mecca if you want to go to paradise. And he said, no, I'm too busy for that. Oh, so I said, I see what you're doing. <laughs> you're painting him in the corner here we go <laughs> and i just said you know do you think you're actually gonna go to paradise and he said i don't know but i just do my best every day mm. and so through that i shared with him just about jesus and about how you know there really is no question there's no guessing game of whether or not you yeah. can go to heaven through the redemption of jesus blood for our sins and he was, yeah, I think it kind of just took him, this whole conversation kind of just was, he was un, not expecting it. He said, I wasn't planning on talking about these things with you. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, hung. if you're going to sit down next to me. <laughs> Neither was I, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just a very interesting conversation with this young man who's very much, I think, ambitious and driven and um, had plans for his life or just has big plans for his life of wanting to actually move to the States and make a name for himself. Um, but yeah, just sharing mm. with him about, yeah, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And yeah. it was something that was very new to him. And so I think he did try to refute it. And it was something that he wasn't 
you know, obviously readily um, going to agree to because he's been taught something much different for yeah. his entire life. But at the end of it all, you know, I wanted to um, just, yeah, try to see if there's any way to continue the conversation or, you know, in getting. So we did exchange contact information. And he got I, your number? He did. Well. I, I hesitated. <laughs> I definitely hesitated yeah. because it's something that I don't like doing, but I really felt like I wanted to continue the conversation, yeah. you know, also bring one of my guy friends along next time. Right. But yeah, I mean, I tried to reach out a couple of times or he also, um, you know, proposed a couple of different times to meet up, but it wow. just didn't really work out. And so we, yeah, we didn't end up meeting up again for a follow-up conversation, but I definitely felt like that day in the park was not by coincidence that right. these different people came and sat next to me on a bench and having these conversations. And so in this way, I felt like, yeah, maybe I didn't see anything come of these conversations, but maybe the seeds have been planted and mm. that's hopefully something that leaves them thinking about more of why they believe in what they believe in. Yeah. That's amazing because you, you, you always wonder how many of those types of situations was God actually orchestrating mm -hmm. and maybe I just missed it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. I wasn't looking up. I wasn't feeling friendly. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time, mm -hmm. uh, especially in places that I go frequently where I, I actually do see the same mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Like you go to the gym. You go to the gym on any regular basis, you see the same people there. And I'm like, darn it. Like, I've never said hi to that person. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting right here. Mm -hmm. Like, this could be one of those things. Like, all it, you know, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. That could be it. And that tips off this kind of conversation. You're right. It's your, you were there, available. You're, really, you're on the world race. It's kind of what you're here to do. You want to be alone, but you're still available for it. And you, you know, mm -hmm. you took it. It's yeah. neat. It's neat. I think a lot of the times it's really like you said yeah just being aware and open and not so much head down i want to focus on right. what i need to be doing right now but to be more open to the different opportunities that god places in front of us yeah that is neat i found that on a map by the way now i know okay. where it is yeah so next time you for some reason have a reason to go to ba Az baku azerbaijan azerbaijan there it is yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of little countries over there that you just don't think yeah. about because we're all thinking about Afghanistan and everything. Yeah. What is the primary language of Azerbaijan? Azeri. Oh, it's their own thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> do do yeah. your own thing, guys. And the, and with when they're in such a close proximity with each other and the same region there definitely is some overlap of different words there oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but not the whole language yeah right wow keep going <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting what else what else are some wins um i think that yeah it was throughout the year a lot of it was just building relationships relational evangelism hmm. There wasn't, you know, necessarily many um, set structured times where you know, there, were, there were months where we would teach English or help out 
at a local church, but a lot of times, yeah, it was just us taking the initiative to go out and talk to people and meet people. And so I think that was definitely just something that was stretching for me and taking me out of my mm. comfort zone. Um, but it also did teach me that, yeah, you really, you get as much out of it as you put into it. Right. And so I'm just really grateful that I, yeah, really God was the one that just gave me the endurance to keep going and to keep persevering even when things got harder or, you know, it just right. was a little more tiring and taxing and towards the end of the 11 months you just want to have you know a room that you can yeah. close the door or spend some your own quiet bed quiet time yeah your own bed to sleep on that you're not afraid of finding bed bugs or lice <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, well okay since we're going there take me through some of the like hard parts of it you got bed bugs and lice and bus rides. Like what else? <laughs> what was challenging for you? Um, yeah, I think that physically it's just hard to sometimes get a good night's rest, um, especially on the days where we had overnight travel and you literally just had to sit there and wait for morning to come because mm. you just could not get in a position where you could find yourself comfortable in. Ugh. So you just kind of sit there and if you're, if you're awake enough, maybe read something. But if you're just kind of in this half asleep, half awake stage, oh, man. you just like, That's just the worst. let the morning come. <laughs> Five minutes goes by and it's like, nah. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah. Um, what else is hard is just the, um, you know, being in a place that's foreign can be hard and being somewhere where you can't necessarily um you know be be able to fully communicate or just find yourself um yeah sometimes being stared at mm. blatantly just without any attempt to try to hide that they were staring at us we right. never felt like we were in danger in any way but in some of the countries, it just felt like there was a lot more attention because we did stick out yeah. like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just wondering, what are those? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> this mix match, strange looking group of folks. <laughs> yeah. Dressed weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Muslim countries, you know, yeah. we definitely tried to, um, yeah, dress in a way that was not culturally offensive in terms of covering up mm. our arms and our legs but um yeah even exposing our hair that was that was something that uh, can be very hmm. noticeable too depending on how conservative they are right right yeah yeah and it's different from region even within countries exactly yeah yeah from the west to the east it can be very different yeah mm -hmm. yeah so you kind of have to figure that out like when you pull into each town, basically, yes, okay, so go. here we are. What mm -hmm. what goes on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just do as the locals do, exactly. Right. Yeah. And also, um, just, you know, living in community. Um, I personally love being able to have a community of believers that I can, um, you know, 
spend yeah. time with and pray with and cook with. Um, but yeah, you know, personalities do come out. So that's definitely <laughs> a growing moment too, where you're just yeah. going to have to have grace for each other and right. also forgive each other or sometimes just purely accept the fact that you know there are things that we do differently you know whether it's how we you know decide to clean up after ourselves or hmm. um you know whether we um you know some people are the way that they they travel you know they want to be getting there on the very last minute or they want to get there way ahead of time. Just different little quirks, you know. That <laughs> right, right. It's going to be different for everyone. So you just have to learn to kind of come to an agreement and compromise right. so that it's never anything super major, really, but just right. little things here and there. That Otherwise, you, you drive each other crazy, <laughs> right? Just, yeah. Like, we're doing this. We might as well not go nuts while we're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it really kind of trains you, you know, to live hmm. with people that, are not like you, <laughs> yeah. but still be able to, yeah, um, share life together. Wow. And adapt as you go. Mm-hmm. That's neat. So I'm sure like you're probably still in touch, right? With some of these people you spent. A handful of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. develop some close friends, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Yeah. We all live in different parts of the country. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, yeah, if, if anyone, you know, there's like a, southwest sail or something then yeah probably be able to fly out and see some people over on the east coast yeah or, or this or the south <laughs> right right um any other challenges losses things that uh was there any point where you were just like what am i doing like did you get did you get there or was it positive pretty much for the ride I mean, there were definitely ups and downs, but I don't think there was any one point where it was low enough where I had to be like, I don't want to be here or I want to mm. go home. And that never crossed my mind Whoa. where, sorry about <laughs> yeah. that. Um, I didn't have, yeah, any desire to actually want to go home. Right. I definitely um, was very much in the mindset of this is something that I committed to and I am going to do it well and I want to finish strong Mm. and um yeah I think that when the going gets hard it's just a matter of okay kind of refocusing and remembering why I'm out here you know and it's not for me it's not for you know really any anything besides like I want to fully like whatever I do to Mm. glorify uh, my heavenly father and to regain some of that strength and um, energy through praying um, just to get more you know guidance and um, yeah just a little extra oomph to to really finish (laughs) out the the month strong right yeah wow that's i have so many more questions though i don't want to i don't want to let you go yet (laughs) (laughs) um this yeah this whole uh, the, the the passage says, "Go make disciples." The Great Commission. Yes, keeps Matthew coming. 28. As you're talking, it keeps coming to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the whole idea that he doesn't say, "Go make disciples," and it'll be super easy, <laughs> right? Nope. Go make disciples as long as it fits into your schedule, mm-hmm. or um, you know, go make disciples, 
and you'll never be sad or grumpy. It, you know, that's that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's a commission. Go. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard. That's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep. I'm confronted with your guts to do this, and just hearing hearing some of these things. It's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, really it definitely cool. didn't happen overnight or even over a span of a couple of years. You know, this is something that has just grown and evolved over the years. Yeah. And now it's coming up on year number eight. And if you had told me eight years ago that <laughs> I would do something like this or that after I come right. home from something like this, that I would have a complete shift in perspective of what I want to do with my life Mm. um it's just amazing to see the kind of heart change that God can do yeah so I think for me yeah a big takeaway from this past year is that I can see myself going overseas and doing something like this long term I'm not going to go and jump you know from country to country like this I think this is the only time I'll ever do this right it was a good experience but my body just can't handle it. Um, but I think that I am very much the type of person that I do want to stay rooted somewhere and actually mm. invest in relationships and be in one place for a longer period of time and yeah. really invest in people. Um, so I don't know when or where that's going to happen, but I think that that is something that God has really put on my heart. Mm. And I can't imagine you know doing something that would be as rewarding or as hard but also just worthwhile in terms of my time and resources yeah and so for me that's something that is just so new to me and i'm still processing and it's going to take a few more months to still process through that right but i think that when god is the one that is the driving force behind it and you know one of my favorite passages is proverbs 3 5 through 6 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths mm. and a lot of times it's just me wanting to rely on my own understanding because that's so much of who i am and how i've been brought up to be independent and to really make sure that i can support myself and do everything for myself but uh, at the end of the day, remembering that, no, I've been made new. And right. um, it's really the Lord that he is the one that knows me the best. And yeah. he has my best interest in mind and planning out a future for me that is meant for good and not for evil. And so when I think I, it, if I can just have that perspective in mind and not lose sight of it, then I can really do almost anything in a way um so yeah what the next what next steps and what the next even year holds i think only god knows but as i'm exploring and learning um i just want to continue to yeah make him you know but also make um you know this just like world out there um, and the opportunities, the need that's out there to be known mm. as well. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Yeah. And that can't be more true than in some of the places that I visited this right. past year. And you can just walk for hundreds of miles and there's not going to be a church in sight. There's right. not going to be a Christian in sight. And so when you see it like that, 
Yeah. You ask yourself, well, yeah, how else are these people going to get here if not yeah. through us, you know? And if not me, then who? Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there are people out there. They're hungry. They're waiting. They're seeking. But unless we obey and we go, these people are not going to be able to hear the good news of the gospel, even if they want to ask yeah. those questions, even if they want to hear. That sounds like a calling to me, what you just said right there. If, if I'm any, still if, trying to figure out what the <laughs> heck I'm getting myself into. Well, you should go back and listen to what you just said. <laughs> and then I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of clarity in that because not everybody feels that way. Yeah, and I would say it's okay. Um, <clears throat> right, not everyone is supposed to be a global missionary, right? Yeah, so you don't necessarily have to physically go overseas, but I do strongly believe that everyone, like you mentioned earlier, is called by the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations, and that's going to look different for every single person. You could be staying here in the States, and you could be the one praying. Right. You could be the one sending people to go financially. Yeah. You can be the people you know, welcoming them back with a place to stay or a car to drive when they're here for their furlough. But whatever that looks like for you, hmm. it's a way that you can participate in God's grand vision um, yeah. for furthering his kingdom. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's between you and God. Yeah. I could, couldn't have said it better. It's beautiful. So I, I ask almost everybody this. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite question to ask of fellow believers. Um, what is it about Christ and this gospel that you have found beautiful enough to say what you just said and be willing to consider giving the rest of your life to serve him. That is a very interesting, uh, very important question. I think for me, what's so beautiful about this gospel is that just even looking at my own life, did I really deserve it or was I looking for it? Not necessarily, hmm. but I think that God pursued me and he found me and you know, it's really just, it can happen to anyone, anywhere. Mm. And it does not discriminate um, and it has no boundaries, whether it's your background, your culture, your socioeconomic standing. Um, God really, really just wants to love and be reconciled with every single one of his precious sons and daughters. Hmm. And so I think that a lot of times if we can put a lot of those differences behind us, then it would be so much easier to see that, to see more of God's love more clearly. Hmm. And even for me, that's something that I am still constantly working on of not being so quick to reach a snap judgment of someone or, you know, when someone's different from me to remember, well, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and he created this person right. in front of me. And so um, they're not, they're entitled to their way of thinking and their opinions just as much as I am. Um, and instead of being divisive 
in those differences to actually use those differences to build up an even stronger body. Yeah. So, yeah, the gospel is just so beautiful, and and God intends for this beautiful gospel to be something that unites us all yeah. at the end. It's awesome. Well said. Well Thank said. You. Well, do you have anything else on your mind that you're just itching to tell the world out there? I feel pretty good about all that. I think so too. What an yeah. awesome story. Wow. Thank you for just letting me share my story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I hope that, you know, I always do this hoping that whoever needs to hear that hears it. I do too. Because there's like, I've, I've said this a hundred times that for every person that sits right there, there's a thousand other people very similar to you. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that your words encourage them, reframe their thinking, push them to do something or, or take this differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. So cool. I, yeah. can, I, can, I can see a difference in you from last time I saw you. There's a, there's a focus and a, like a, what's the words? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very warlike person. So I want to, I default to using like mm-hmm. intensity. Like there's a, I think focus is good. There's a good focus. There's a presence and like mm-hmm. a, um, forgive me, but like a grandmotherly matriarcal, like, you know, uh, <laughs> what, what is, is that right? Is that, is that creepy to say? It's not bad. Well, I think you're the first person that brought it to a grandmother level. Sometimes I'll get motherly. Well, okay. Motherly. <laughs> well, okay. We'll take it back a generation. Then. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't speed things along here. I'm not even a mother yet. Uh, no, there's a, I'm usually not at such a loss for words, darn it. It's a better way to say it. People know what I'm trying to say, right? You, you seem like yeah. th- there's a there's a stronger presence in you. There's a focus and an intensity for the gospel that uh, you had it before, but I see that it's more now. And that, that excites me because um, you're now like, what's next? You mm-hmm. don't know what's next. You're, mm-hmm. You might even be afraid of what he might ask mm-hmm. you to do next. You should, actually, because you mm-hmm. won't be able to do it. It'll be him doing something with you. Exactly. But you're available for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exciting. So. Yeah. Exciting, <laughs> scary, yeah. whatever adjective you want to put to that. Yeah. Yep. But it is going to be quite the adventure. <laughs> I've heard people say that we should pray in ways that we imagine makes God sweat. And he, should, he should use us in ways that terrifies us. <laughs> So it's like a, each of us is up in the ante. Like, I'll pray for crazy things. And God's like, no, 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 no. That's not crazy enough. You're going to do this crazy thing. This is what you will do in my service. And yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Treasures in heaven, homegirl. Yes. It's something that I'm learning every single day. What, it, what that looks like. Yeah. What am I storing up? Yeah. Yeah. So we are... Uh, going to be living in LA for a while or what what's the immediate like next for you no one knows you don't even know that <laughs> <laughs> what about tomorrow <laughs> okay this is a real adventure now you're, you're still on it <laughs> you thought you were done I know right wow all right I'm still going month 12 how could uh how could I or uh, people who are listening just be in prayer for this process for you uh, in the next, I guess, uh, four hours while you mm-hmm. figure out what you're doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this season, yeah. Yeah, I think really to just be um, fully 
open and trusting to what God has in store for me in this um, season, in this new year, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, there's a part of me that's definitely open up a little more. It's a little more free now to not have such a tight grip over yeah. every single aspect of my life, but more so be being um, a little more open-handed with what I have, whether yeah. it's with career or with family or with my future of anything. Um, yeah, to just fully trust in the Lord that he's with me through it all. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, ultimately to really be okay with, um, yeah, wherever I end up into, to be able to thrive wherever I end up really. Yeah. I don't want to just merely get by. That's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. Get so. crazy with it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I don't think my friends would call me crazy, but we'll get there. Get crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I always tell people like if if God is actually who he is and he's actually in charge and he's actually all powerful mm-hmm. and he loves us that much and he has a plan that has us in mind, how can we mess this up? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, just start saying yes to see what he yeah. does with you. It's crazy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll lead it to another yes. And before you know it, you just can't <laughs> you're in, you're in Sri Lanka. go back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, Faye. God bless you. Thanks for coming and talking to me. Thanks for having me. Give me a high five on the outside. Here we go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, there's another one for you on the Great Stories Podcast. What a great time. Thank you so much, Faye, for coming in. Uh, She's so busy. She's on the move. She's not even settled yet. Uh, But she took uh, a couple hours out of her busy time here to talk to all of us. And I I hope hearing that was a blessing to you as it was for me. Uh, It was really great to hear about just uh, how it's changed her to be in this in this scenario and, and just given her a perspective on what it means to be commissioned to go into the world and make disciples at, at our own expense, to die to ourselves for the sake of uh, others knowing this God. It's beautiful. Uh, glad to have her back, but I can't wait to see where God takes her next. It's going to be amazing. I know it. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, help the show out. Pump it up on the uh, Apple app. Give it a five-star rating there. Uh, give it a good thumbs up on the Stitcher. Leave a comment there. Share it on your Facebook page. Let's get this thing out there. Uh, gosh, you know, if there was ever a podcast that demonstrates the need for the word to get out, uh, it's right here. What an easy way to do that is to share our voices and to share our message on this format. How cool is this? That technology is so awesome. How, how would we do this 100 years ago? It's crazy. I love it. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Again, if you want to be on the show or you know someone who would be great for me to talk to, shoot me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. See you in a couple weeks.
Oh, why, hello, you're still listening to the podcast. Good news, because there's more. This is the bonus portion. A lot of podcasts do this, so I'm doing it too. And it's just a part where we just put a tag on the show, uh, talk about whatever happens to be on my mind in whatever day. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. (laughs) Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's just me rambling like I'm doing right now. Um, But today, uh, I'm considering something. So this week I took a little personal retreat and uh, I I interviewed uh, Mayday McDonald on the way back from that retreat, uh, which might be why I sounded so relaxed because I pretty much, my my family owns a home near Sonora, California, and uh, I have a key to it. (laughs) So I can kind of go up there and hide from the world and just kind of be a recluse for a little bit and spend some time inside my own head. You know, a lot of times just the, the busyness of the day-to-day, just being home, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to just calm your mind, <laughs> excuse me, gosh, and, and to be still and uh, just really be calm within your own thoughts and just really think things through. And I, I have a hard time doing that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a busy person. I, I live at a as a, at a crazy pace and I love being that way. Uh, I thrive on a full schedule, just going and going and going, but it doesn't naturally uh, give me a lot of time for just kind of reflective, kind of deeply introspective thought and, and just some quiet listening time between me and God. And, uh, so I, 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 I went up there and I did it and I'm so glad that I did. Uh, I had just several periods of time where I was just able to be still and quiet, you know, and nature helps with that. This, this house is up in the hills and, and I, I have this spot, um, up at uh, a little lake up there called Pinecrest Lake. And there's this hiking trail that goes around it. And, you know, it's not that far. It's maybe a mile, if that, not even that, gosh, maybe like a half a mile hike. And, you know, you get up onto this, like, rock uh, outcropping. It's probably a, a good couple hundred feet, you know, above the, the water level of the lake. But you can see the whole thing from there. And, and you look off and you see these big granite hills that go off, you know, as far as you can see. And it's just a really cool spot. And I, I just find that that just going to that spot for some reason unlocks some stillness within me. And I'm able to reflect up there. And it's neat because that... You know, that place uh, hasn't changed for, you know, who, who knows how long, you know, certainly longer than my life. We're talking about granite mountains here. And it, it's neat to go up there because I've been up there in every season of my life so far. You know, I, I, and when I was a kid, I think my, my parents purchased that house, I think when I was in sixth grade, fifth grade, something like that. So I... I you know, basically my whole conscious life, I've gone up there basically every year, you know, and and through high school and then through the the confusing years of college. And, you know, before I was even a a Christian, you know, I I still felt reflective when I went to that spot and just stood there and, you know, and then in, in college, you know, in that confusing time, you know, when I was trying to be a firefighter and then, you know, there was a minute in there when I was actually uh, married, and that happened. <laughs> and you know, I was up there with her, and then and then I wasn't, <laughs> and that was over. And uh, you know, gosh, without going into my whole testimony, man, I, you know, that the point is that th- 
through every season that I've had, uh, I've seen that rock as uh, a parable for Christ in my life. Because it, it never changes. I do. You know, I grow. I get wiser. I get dumber. I get bigger, smaller, you know, whatever, whatever season I'm in. I'm tired. I'm encouraged. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm happy. You know, all these different seasons. I, I, I change. I fluctuate. I'm up and I'm down. But, but that rock is always the same. And, and that rock is Christ. Uh, he never changes. His love for me never changes. What he's done for me never changes. My position in eternity cannot be changed. What God has spoken, none can change. Uh, his love for me is unwavering. And, and just like what, what we ended up landing on with Faye, uh, what I said with there is that, gosh, if, if this God is real, if he is all-powerful and all-knowing, and he loves me the way that he says he does, the way that he proved he does on the cross, and he says that, that he has accounted for my life and my good within his perfect will, if, if I really believe that all those things are true, man, it takes the pressure out of this life. That's when I find the most stillness. Um, is when I really rest in exactly who God is, when I see his glory, when I see how beautiful he is, but when I see the immense buckets of grace that he has dumped upon me, it, it, it's by grace that I have anything, that I have my life, that I have hope. And uh, uh, so good to get up there and just be confronted with, with not just the physical rock, but to have that, that moment of stillness with my spiritual rock. Uh, it was beautiful. I, I highly recommend <laughs> that everyone listening do what you have to do to get your head out of the day and and go find a rock so you can find the rock. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you. I will see you or uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.